Thanks for tuning in today. I'm super excited about this guest. I am very particular on who I bring on to share pieces of their life with you, but I love this person so much because he is kind, he is funny, he is caring, and he is incredibly dedicated to the craft. He, you know him from shows like Snowfall, uh, Netflix sh- uh, movie Desperado, Chicago PD, recently starring on the show Telenovela opposite Ava Longoria, and now he just scored a great role on the show Broke, which will be airing in most likely January. So stay tuned for that. Please help me welcome Izzy Diaz. Hi. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me. You know I love you so much. I know. We've known each other for a long time now. Yes. I don't know how you came into one of my classes or what happened. Well, you hear about all the good things in town and you were one of the names that always came up as being one of those people to go out to do comedy workshops or do drama. So it was one of those where I found a good class and you just happened to be the teacher. Oh, that's so nice of you. Okay, so here's why you're here. Mm. You've had ups and downs in your career. Sure. Um, I'm biggest believer on keeping that positive mindset, that positive path as you go. So tell us a little bit about how you started, what your first accolade was, what your massive downfall was, what your what's what was the rhythm? Tell us a little bit. Well, I came out to LA after college. I went to NYU, but I went there for finance and management. Oh. And I had spent the first 21 years of my life at home and I didn't want to do that anymore. And I had a high school friend who lived out in LA. I said, hey, can I go there? He said, sure. And then I had this circle of friends and they had me get my first jobs. And I was, I did everything in LA. I was a PA, I was an assistant, but it wasn't really to become an actor until I started to assist a manager who managed young kids. And um, she said, why don't you acting coach some of the younger guys? And I was like, okay. And then after doing it for so long and you kind of see the business from that side of it and you kind of really see that there is the business side and the artistic side that you have to kind of manage both together. And uh, I went on from there, then I was a PA for a show and I was on set and talking to the EP and I just happened to say, you know, I'm thinking of becoming an actor. And she said, do you have your SAC card? And I said, no. And she said, well, here, go out and do this, vo- this voiceover line quickly and we'll get you your SAC card. That, wait, cut. Let me just say one that thing. That was it. That is a miracle right there. Yes. It is so hard to get your SAG card. And yet they, once you get it, you have to pay so much money to enroll in the union anyway. But that, that was like it was, a gift. I didn't even plan it. I wasn't trying to sidle up to her to get on her good side. We were just watching a scene. And I just happened to mention it in passing, and Susan Beavers, out of nowhere, just said, here, let's go say, um, don't try the brown acid, man. <laughs> and I got my What show was it for? Do it was know? a show on Lifetime called Oh Baby. Oh Baby. Wait, and, I think I remember that show. Yeah, it oh was one God. of their first uh, half-hour shows. Yes. And it was it was always kind of like that. So I got my SAG card, and I said, oh, I'll get headshots. Oh, I'll send them out to commercial agents. And it was just all these little tiny little steps where I was able to kind of then focus more on the acting because it was actually making me have a career where I didn't have to have And you were happier. What were you doing before you said? Everything. I was a PA for movies. No, before the industry. You went to school for? Finance and management. So you have a brain yes that allows you to intellectualize a little bit too i do and it really helps you with logic because uh, finance is all kind of math and you have Mm -hmm. to make everything equal out and you have to balance out what you're not doing versus what you're doing 
to kind of come to a zero-sum game also, or be above. I think that would help you in telling story, too. Because as an actor, you have to be in your emotional place, but intellectually, you have to understand how to see the structure of the story. That is so important, especially when, um, if I'm going out for something and it's just they give you one scene, it's just what is the point of this scene? Mm -hmm. What is my character's point to get across, whether it's just the filibuster of just having to get out the information, or he's the, you always have to figure out where are you in terms of this big story? And you, if, it's, if the story is a big painting, you might have to fill in a little tiny corner or you might have to be the big tree in the middle, but you always have to kind of figure out where you lie in that painting. I like that. So cut back too. So you went and you did the voiceover, you got in SAG, you got your pictures, and then were you just hooked? Did you feel like, okay, I feel the adrenaline rush. I'm intrigued by the artistry of this. You know, I have been so fortunate that I had people that when I had my day jobs that would let me go out for things. So it was never, I never had to, um, sacrifice one part of my life to be like I can't do anything else but act I was able to actually have you know an apartment that was so you had financial security that didn't that led to not being anxious about and getting that, the jobs or not which yeah, is key I'd guys never, key oh you if you walk into a room with desperation on your face you can just smell that a mile away and I was very lucky to you know once I started to go out for commercials I got commercials out of the way and then after about two years of that I said to my commercial agent you know if you have a theatrical agent that's willing and I was a Latino guy and that was you know the Latino explosion was always about yeah. to happen and it just kind of went from there we're getting my co-stars and then getting my first guest star and then you just kind of build up and you build up and then there are certain moments that of course stand out more because of just the quality of what you're doing and when you're trying out you'll do anything you'll do the one-liners you'll do and there's nothing wrong with it to me work begets work and you have to be on set because there's no better training than actually seeing what it's like to be on set having to work with a director when they have to change a line or when someone else is when a light breaks and you have to redo the whole thing there's so many things going on and you still have to maintain your focus of what you want to do and what your goals are. And you have to be open to suggestions, but still have your point of view. So it's a whole thing, but you only learn that when you're really on set. So all those little one-line parts, if you're the there. Gold. Oh, yeah. And you can observe so much and you really get to see the little beehive. And you see how important everyone's job is. And you fill in a spot and then you're a part of it. Yeah. Even if it is just for a day or for two days or three days, you get to be this little part of this machine. And it feels good. So let me ask you this. What would be your morning of an audition ritual? Um, Workout, relaxation, panic. What is it? <laughs> I like to, I always tend to try to go to get myself a coffee like about an hour and a half before. A coffee? Yeah. And I sit down at the coffee shop and I'll either just go over the lines um, there, but it just kind of. I like my alone time so much. So your ritual would be alone time. Your yes. ritual would be sleep, try to sleep as much as possible. Do you eat a healthy breakfast? I tend to try to eat the same thing every day, whether it's healthy or not, that's up to you. But you know, <laughs> Greek yogurt and fruit. So okay, I that sounds pretty, pretty healthy. Yeah, that's pretty healthy. Um, but yeah, I do like to have that hour beforehand to kind of just be calm and be whatever I want. And it helps you to focus on being like, what do you want to do? over the next hour and a half, two hours. So if you're sitting at the coffee shop and you're looking at your script, the lines, you know, the lines are important, but do you sculpt into the thoughts and you have your opening moment? What do you do? Do you just just let it all? Um, depending on the severity of the lines, I like to at least have the first five, six lines down pat. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no need to have to look down for anything. And once you, I like to kind of snowball into a scene. So if you can get started, 
on that role, it can kind of carry you through. So I like to start out um, with a set plan, with a set character, with a set, you know, intention. So you do your homework. You understand the life of the character. At the end of the day, of course, it's mostly you in those imaginary circumstances. Mm -hmm. And then you plot out exactly what you're going to do. I do. And the best part about, um, I love it in the room when um, you do it. And they say, that's great, but there's actually what you don't know, because you haven't read the whole thing, is that he's going to be end up doing this. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of bring that under there? And I love that, because if you have a set character in mind, they can throw things at you and be like, oh, I can easily put that over there, or I can do this over here. But there is, I feel like you do have to have a set um, point of view in mind of the scene of what you And what he do. means by point of view is where your character is coming from, mm-hmm. what you have to say, explain. Um, you know, like I'm trying out for this thing tomorrow where I'm this um, techie guy that's uh, building a robot. Mm-hmm. So, and he's kind of wiry. So you kind of be like, okay, who do I know in my life that's kind of a wiry techie guy? Oh, he kind of does that kind of, kind of thing. Oh, look, he says this version about having to score a girl, but he's a techie nerdy guy. So how does that, you kind of fill in these little tiny blanks. Like, oh, he's kind of like my friend John, but a little <laughs> bit of my dad. And then he has this kind of thing. So you kind of build a character from the lines. And sometimes you only have five lines to build build, build it on. But There's if you still have, life. One oh, line, beginning, middle, and end. Two lines, beginning, middle, and end. If you know where you're coming from and where you have to go, your character, yourself, in the scene, it really helps out because it gives you... So that would be your definition of the point of view. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you have to... Um, I've always been a believer in a strong choice, even if it's the wrong choice because it shows that you can build... A character and if you can snap out of it and give the direction and change it up and still commit to your character it's a powerful feeling to be able to and let me ask you that because getting the adjustment in all my classes I give you an adjustment because that is the key it is such a key in the audition to take that adjustment because if you are getting worked with they obviously are interested in mm-hmm. whatever choices you made how do you stay relaxed and present and focused and malleable enough to be able to say, okay, I hear what you're saying, and then put it right into action. Because that is one of the hardest tasks that actors have to overcome. I think a lot of it is ego, and it could be either a big ego where it's detrimental to think, well, this is the choice that I made, Mm -hmm. so stand back and Mm -hmm. watch my choice, Mm -hmm. which will put you in a bad place. Or if you have a fragile ego and you say, oh, they don't like me, oh, they don't like this, so you have to be if you can take the personal opinion of other people out of it and just be like, you're acting, you get to play, you get to imagine. So what if you have to change a little thing over there? You're still getting to play around, you're still getting to act and pretend yeah. and have fun. So if going into an audition, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, should be so much fun and you only have those five minutes of your career <laughs> where you're finally in control. And you get to do your thing. And it's so much fun to go into the room and make someone laugh or cry or feel scared. And whatever you have to do, if you have to change a line, it's not, don't let it injure your soul to be yeah. like, hey, oh, my artistry is dead or yeah. how dare they. Right. Be open to but, it. So what I'm hearing you saying is that you're just staying open and you're having fun. You're going in with the goal of to have a good time, to have the point of view and tell your story. Because a lot of actors go in and they are nervous. So the nerves, they don't mean not to be able to take that adjustment. They just can't physically take the adjustment because they're a little bit in their head and they want to please. So you don't get in your head. No, and I think so many people build up a call for any job so much in their head to be like, this is it. This is going to be what's going to change my life. Or they have that little tiny voice in the back of their head that's there. They don't listen to it, but when 
they hear something what they might think is bad by redirection, it crumbles them. And for me, you get to go into a room and meet new people and see their point of view and you get to observe them just as, as much as they're observing you. I love to walk into a room and see the four people there be like, oh, he's the quiet one. Oh, he's kind of the oh, snarky one. I, I like to that kind of feel around. Um, there was one thing I went out for where it was uh, four of us left. And it was me, two major, major touring stand-up comics, like mm. Brand Name, and another actor that's been in Oscar-winning films, and me. Wow. So I was like, this is perfect. At the very <laughs> worst, I'm in fourth place. At the, at the best, I can show them, oh, I'm in that category Great. with these people. So you didn't psych yourself out. You actually got motivated. It's such an opportunity to make your stand and to make your claims that be like, I may not have the credits of this person. I might not be as many followers on Instagram or have that, that right. clout. But you can still go in there and do a great job and impress them enough to be like, that guy really... No, Don't that's let the so moment wonderful. define you. You have to go in and be like, this is my five minutes of time. What gives you your great amount of confidence? You know, I've always, uh, my wife often says that my being comfortable in my own skin has served me so well with acting because, and I've told people all the time on set, you can direct me as much as you want. I have little to no ego about the whole thing. In some, I guess it's some ways it's being grateful mm -hmm. that I have a job or a tryout to be like, I want, I've always been a people pleasing in a certain way where whether it's my kids or my wife or my mom or my dad, you kind of want them to be happy. And it eliminates my stress. Oh, okay. Interesting. So if I can go in there and get rid of their stress by doing a little line reading of how they want to do it, that's it's no skin off my back. And um, I have rarely ever been emotionally hurt by a day on the job or it's just I can't take it personally because that's, I think, a road down to self-doubt and the to... The spiraling effect. Yeah. Because you have to stay core strength. Your core has to be so strong as an actor. You can't, anybody's feelings that come towards you have to go right off your shoulder. It really does. And you have to be strong enough in your own skill set and in your own mind that you can take direction. I am strong enough that I have this great character in mind. Oh, but they want, they don't want me to use my right hand. I have to use my left hand and people get so <laughs> thrown off. Like, it's such a little thing. But if you're, I think that's right. If you're open enough to the situation and the circumstances of a scene, anything can happen within that scene. Because I think it boils down to if you understand the story, then you can do anything with that story. Mm -hmm. If you understand where, well, actually it is your point of view. If you understand where your, where your characters, you know, where he starts, then you can shape it any, any way that they direct you to shape it. And you're right, whether it's a little tiny little scene or whether it's a movie where you have this humongous character arc, there's still, you're part of this ginormous tapestry and you can find your way to stand out or to blend in or to feed the story or to feed the character. There's so many things that you can still do even if they want to limit you by deciding we don't want it like that, the director mm -hmm. wants it like this, the producer wants it like that, so give them another option. Now let me ask you, in your audition, do you ever feel like, oh wow, I'm not... I'm I'm not getting what they're saying to me, or do you do you feel like you just are can do it every single time? And and when that does happen, do you say, okay, stop, I'm doing this again, guys? Um, Has that ever occurred? I, if for me, oftentimes, um, and this is just my own personal thinking, that a lot of times you can get a part by everything you do in the room besides the reading, mm. how you talk to the writer, how you talk to the casting person, how you talk to the camera person that's doing it for the casting director. It's those relationships that you can start off. Um, I mean, I've known now so many 
casting associates that are now casting directors. Yes. And you meet people that are writers' assistants that are now the writers of shows. And um, anything where <laughs> there's always a, a fine line where you can walk into a room and have like your opening joke, and it could be about the carpet, the windows. So you do come up with a little opener. I try to do, but I don't plan it. It's kind of like you walk into the room and then yeah. you see what's happening in front of you, whether they just installed new carpet. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, it's a new carpet smell or whatever the view outside the window, whatever it is to kind of get everyone comfortable that this shouldn't be an awkward situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think, has served me well because then you can show them that you can be in the present to have a, com- like a conversation with somebody. Do your scene redirection or not and then you get the hell out of there you leave you leave as pleasant as you walked in and does your do you ever feel like you want to stop and do it again or you just go okay I, I'm fluid I did it and I'm leaving there have been so many times where um, you know you you drop two or three lines and I've always been the type to I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell cut ever I'm gonna go through it okay until, so you're gonna go through it okay yeah I'm gonna I've I don't think I've ever said um, I'm so sorry, can we start over? I just kind of barrel through it and get back to where I want to go. Because if you looked at the sides enough or you know the material enough, you can figure out where you have to be again. And I have that weird ability to kind of detach myself from what I'm saying and doing and kind of being seeing like, oh, wait, this should be over here. Mm. Say this over here. And that's, I don't know. That so you never true. stop yourself. You just go right through. I go through it and either I find my way back or if they stop me, then they can just stop me like, hey, you know, let's start over because you're taking this the completely wrong way. Right. What way is it? Oh, let's do it again over there. But it's based in confidence. Um, it is. I can feel it from you. I can see it. I can hear it. I look at your face and I feel feel it. Mm-hmm. And that makes me go, oh, you're so confident. I'm going to bring you on set. I feel safe in the casting room to hire you to bring you on, on set with my producers. That yes. I know you're going to be solid. You feel solid. And, and we, I think that's an important key of actors who are listening. You have to be solid. And there are so many things on set that can make it be a very, very long day and a very, very, but if you can go in there and they can have the confidence, like you were saying to just, he's going to come in, do his job, have a good time, not be a pain, not going to be a jerk, not going to cause issues. That's Yay. so Shut up and show him. up. Yeah. So tell us about your first series regular on telenovela. Now, I don't know if a lot of people saw the show, but to me, when I was working with a lot of actors that were going in for the pilot, I thought the script was phenomenal. So what was the process? How many times did you go back? How did it feel to test? Tell, tell us. Um, it was the usual. Um, uh, but they don't know the usual, so I want you to for tell myself, us the usual. Yes. In this case, you, I had my first appointment with the casting director, um, and it was for a different character on the show. It actually turned out to be the part of the tough guy, the big brooding Amaury Nolasco guy on the show. Um, oh, here's an interesting tidbit. They said specifically, Actors have to be bilingual or can speak Spanish. And I'm waiting in the room with a bunch of other, you know, Latino young guys. And uh, one actor came out and then the casting came out saying, guys, if you don't speak Spanish, please don't, you know, come in here. And that's one of those things where you have to be like, don't show up and say you can ride the bicycle or you can ride yes. a unicycle and not be able to do it. Um, and so I did that one bit and it was fine, even though I knew that part was not for me mm. because I'm not a big imposing physical mm-hmm. presence that they wanted for the character. Um, but then they had me come back for the writer of the show and at the callback it was for um, my the casting director and the writers of the show. Mm-hmm. So after the first call, uh, Lisa Miller-Katz, who was casting the show... Um, Love Lisa. She was fantastic and she gave me the note of being like, hey... Um, 
wear this kind of clothing, do this kind of little thing. So she was on my side to be like, you're doing something here, let's add to it, which I took, great, that's, that's a helpful type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I met with Lisa and the writers of the show, and then they want me back to meet with Eva. Now, Eva is, she's a bona fide star. Like, she's, were you, you know, well, How'd you feel about that? Were you, were you just beside yourself so or you just mellow? Fun. It's so You're much mellow. Fun. You don't get intimidated. It's, and you get to meet and play around with her and try to make, the ability to try to make anyone laugh and succeed to me is the life of kings. And the You second, make it sound so easy, though, and there are a lot of actors out there who are going, oh my God, I wish I could be that way. So what is the adjustment for them? What would you tell them? I in this th- case, uh, like I said before, there is so little control that we have as a young actor, a starting out actor, that any opportunity that you get should be met with such glee and such happiness because mm-hmm. they don't come very often when you're starting out and when you're young. So, I mean, if you could look back at your 10-year-old self and be like, hey, in about 15 years, you're going to be meeting with one of the biggest stars in the world trying to make her laugh, playing her wider. It doesn't make Yay, any sense. Fine. Yeah. yeah, It doesn't. This is such a fun life that we lead to get the chance to meet all these wonderful creative people. And I'm sure she was gracious and wonderful. Oh, she got off the chair. She was hugging. She wanted to get right to work. She had me. She she directed me. She put me in the chair. She laughed. She joked around. And she made it be um, a wonderful experience where she was, again, on the actor's side. And I think she's like that with everybody. Mm-hmm. I've known her now for five years, and she is truly uh, a special, warm person that just cares so, so much. Um, so I met with her and that was fantastic and then I got the deal to test for the network which was NBC and at that point you get you know they have to do this contract for seven Mm -hmm. years and then they want to get this deal and Mm -hmm. that deal and again for me I was like I don't care the size of the trailer or like how many things do I get to do it that's really but people can get bogged down in all the little details where I was just like no whatever open stay open stay open stay fluid and um then they, uh, so when we got the test deal, we had a director session where you work with the director and it was a guy named Steven Pink, um, who's a big time comedy director. And again, it was just, it's a job. It's yes. really, you go in there, you meet, you joke, you hang around, you laugh a little bit, you work the scene two or three times and then you get out of there. But yeah. just, it was just a job. You just Great. go in there and it's just a job. Um, but the best part of it was that the testing day came and they were testing three, four, three characters on, on the show. For my character and uh, the girl character, it was only me and the other girl testing for that role. So nobody else? Nobody else. Oh. So at that point, that's a calming, I'm looking incredible at her, factor. Yeah, going like, I think we just not have to screw this up and <laughs> yeah. we're good. And uh, so we were all excited and then they bring you into this little theater type room and there's 25 people there in suits and you don't really know who they are. Right. I didn't know like who the big wigs are and who this creative exec is. And um, it's so much fun because you walk in there and they want you to do well they and do. they're expectant. And if you walk in there with a smile on your face being like, this is so much fun to get to walk onto NBC Universal and get to go to this big theater type room. It's all so imaginary and fake and bizarre <laughs> to get to be a part of this whole thing. So it was just so much fun because... Um, you're the only one there. And so, so you got it. Point, and you got it. I would, I would think that I got it. And um, you, I did the one, three scenes one time. And That's then it. you leave on the height. Actually, it, the, in the scene, my last bit was that I had to leave the, leave the room within the scene. So I did my bit and I just barreled out of the room and I left them laughing, which is always 
Leave Thank them on you. a high note. Yes. That's always so you didn't come back in? No. Just, <laughs> I just walked right out of there and got oh out of there. Oh, my God. And it was such a wonderful experience. And Eva had a hand in the entire show, and she hired uh, eight of us. And she did such a wonderful job because we were just so much family. Oh, uh, so wonderful. I'm, I wish it went longer. Yes. And, and how long did it go? Uh, 11 episodes. Yeah, 11 yeah. episodes. And it's kind of, so the high of that, so high to get it. And then was it, did you feel so sad? What was that feeling? I mean, obviously you're going to be sad, but it's uh, that's one thing that they don't teach you in um, you know college courses or even acting classes how right. you deal with that kind of a loss. And in the big scheme of life, when your TV show right. didn't go a second right. season, but there but is there's other trickle down effect. It's a financial, it's income, it's it is. And purpose. if you don't, I didn't deal with the anger of that when it happened, and I just kind of. Again, I was very thankful and saying, oh, it was such a good experience and it was so great and it was so nice. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's just kind of empty. And you're like, well, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing, I don't have a job anymore. And you don't, I didn't deal with that loss um, as quickly as I should have. So that was a learning experience to kind mm. of like get out those And emotions. how did you deal with it? Um, it took me, I don't even think I realized until like six months later, they were like, oh, I should have been more upset. Mm -hmm. Like, well, oh, why I should you have been? I don't know if you should have been. Um, you can whine about, you know, we were not doing that poorly. Why did we get canceled? Mm -hmm. Why did that show continue on? Mm -hmm. um, but why? why? Why do that? That doesn't make any well, that's but a waste it, of energy. But it is, but you have to get all that stuff out. It's like almost a oh, purging I see. I see. of all those things so you can release it all. Uh huh. And I don't think I released any of that mm. at the beginning, so it kind of put me into a little bit of a funk. Did you feel like it changed when you were... And guys, he was on a show, but guess what happens when the show's over? You have to start auditioning all over again. Oh, yeah. Psychologically, it's rough on your psyche. And then I, I said to myself, even then, you know, that season, I think 25 shows were canceled. So there was about 250 actors that all of a sudden didn't have that steady job. So there's all of us. A lot of people were in the same boat mm -hmm. at the same time. Do you think it affected your auditions? Did you have to sort of get that energy back or um, you were ready to play again? Well, I think, you know, there was a... Um, People always say, especially after the show is done, and then I would meet up with other actors and be like, oh, this must be so much easier for you because now you have this credit, so right. the doors are open. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the case, and you, you can um, go for bigger type roles, so you might not be going for those five lines anymore. But and there might be still... a longer period of not working. Yeah, because there's not that many bigger roles out there, and you kind of have to wait your turn again. Mm -hmm. um, and in the, in the process of it, study, train, what's some advice, and then we're gonna to get to the new show you're gonna be on, but what's some advice you can give to actors out there who are listening, who want to rise up and want to really have that achievement? What well, would you say? If you think of it like um, exercise, uh, you have to have, there's no way you can be a good actor if you just do it once every three months, if you get a job at once every three months. You have to be doing something, whether it's a class or making your own web short or just something where you get to be creative so you get to exercise that muscle of hearing direction, making a choice, uh, having it be wrong, seeing, ooh, that was not good, let's do it again. You have to keep that sharp in your own body and in your mind and So your soul. you'd say continue crafting and working at it You have at to all find times. What a, else? a vessel to kind of get out that kind of creative energy inside of you because it will wither away and you won't... It takes a, you know, you have to be sharp to get these jobs. You, you have do, to and be... your psyche can go up and down because of all the rejection and positive. It's, it's a little bit of an addiction, wouldn't you say? 
because you get that job and you're you got that adrenaline rush and then you don't have the job and you kind of your body kind of goes lower on the energy level maybe yours doesn't but I know a lot of actors does like I was just coaching somebody earlier today and he just stepped away from acting for a second because he wasn't feeling the inspiration but then he took up writing and the writing gave him the inspiration to get back to acting there's a thing, um, when I was in NYU and um, I was doing horrible, it was a very tough school, and I didn't start to do better until I took this generic acting course. And it would kind of made me think, it, one part of my life was fun and great and it made everything better and then my grades went up, so it's kind of mm-hmm. that kind of feeling where you have to be, find your creative output, whether mm-hmm. it's painting or writing or uh, doing a show or whatever you can do to still to keep use lifting that. your body to a higher frequency level yeah. to live on a higher level and you have to there has to be some more joy in your life um, and if you can find it with writing or taking a class these are all ways that you can keep yourself sharp and ready so when you go into the room you're not how do I what do I how do I what, who am I yeah <laughs> so it definitely you have to have some kind of um, okay let's Tell us about the new show that just got picked up. Yeah. We're so super excited about it. Yeah. It's... You know, I get really excited when my people get on shows and I, I feel they get the series pickup. I'm joyful. It's crazy. And even with the Eva show, Telenovela, we knew we were picked up when oh. the show went. So I've never been through a situation where you do a pilot and then you have to wait. How long did you have to wait? Um, I think it was about five or six weeks. Jeez. Yeah. And then what happens? You get a phone call? Um... Well, since everything happened so quickly now, um, actually, no, the day that it came out in the trades, one of my co-stars, Jaime Camille, um, sent out a text to the group, to the four of us, and they said, um, I just want you guys to know I love you all. And I was like, asshole, <laughs> say something else. So he's the one who told because he's an EP on the show as well. Oh. And, uh, so he's okay, so the us. title of the show is called Broke. Broke. It's going to be on... CBS, okay. starting in January. Mm-hmm. It's going to have uh, me, Natasha Leggero, Pauli Perrette, and Jaime Camille. Um, and, uh, and what's the basis? Obviously, I'm sharing the title, but go ahead. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Natasha and uh, Pauli play sisters. Uh, Natasha married this rich, wealthy man and moved away. Uh, Pauli stayed behind to raise her son. And then the rich sister loses all of her cash, so she has to move back in with her hmm. broke sister okay. in Reseda. And who are you in this? I am the butler slash assistant slash friend of Jaime's character on the show. And he is, she is. He. Oh, what do you mean? Wait, what's his character? Those are the two sisters. Jaime right? is the rich guy. Oh, he's Natasha, the rich. Yeah, Natasha married Jaime. Natasha's character. Oh, they're still married. married. Yes, they're still married. Oh, they I just see. lost all their cash. Okay, I got you. So I just went back with them from their world travels to live with them in Reseda <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> That's funny. So, is it a single camera or multi cam? It's a multi camera. Okay, and and, and let's just tell you guys the difference between a multi cam and a single cam because Telenovela was a single camera. Yes. And this is a multi cam, which is on a stage. Was there any adjustment in your vocal tone or anything you had to do to make you feel in the resonation, or do you think it's the same? There, you do. I think there's a certain more theatricality to it because you are on a stage in front of people there, and you have to wait for reactions. You know, in telenovela, you say a joke, but you don't pause for the, <laughs> yeah. for the, for the, for the laughter to that. So in this case, you have to be ready for it and then be surprised when they react in a certain way so you have to find a way to not acknowledge that but also be it's 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 but still so fun to have an audience oh my god the best and it's so and you know we have uh paulie and jaime are major major huge stars and touches a world-renowned stand-up comic 
And when they introduced them, the crowd went wild. Oh, it's incredible. They love these people. Oh, so I've been so fortunate to be around um, three amazingly smart, funny people. And uh, to get to be on stage with them and to play around with them, it's really, it's been absolutely fantastic. And I'm, I cannot wait to see what Alex Herschlag, our creator, and Jenny Ehrman, who also created it, what they're going to write. Because I have, you know, you don't know what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. I'm so excited for you. So how do you balance it all? So being on a sitcom, the hours are incredible for family. And you do have a family. I do. And so how do you balance it all? It just... Um, I have two kids, and um, luckily with the taping of the pilot, I was able to drop them off at school <laughs> and drive the 10 minutes to work and be home for dinner time. So in that way, it's the it best. was, it the was best hours. absolutely perfect. And even um, they came to the taping of the pilot, and uh, so, you know, we shoot the pilot. Everyone's happy. They're hugging. Oh, it's time to go. Goodbye, everybody. Love you guys. Hope it all goes well. And I get in the car, and the kids start fighting, and the wife's <laughs> telling the kids to shove. So it's kind of you right back into the whole thing. So it's really you have so to... all actors at all levels are real people. Yes, with all the family life, the arguments, the love, the kids, all of it. It happens so quickly. How to change from being a dad to the actor to a dad to the husband to a dad to a son, and you have it's to crazy. And you just all right back and forth. before we close out, and I really appreciate your time. Just give me three things that you want to tell everybody out there. Three inspirational things that they should be doing. Just give me something. Um, do not be afraid to fail. Do not be afraid to make a choice that might not go well. It gives you the confidence to be what you are, um, to figure out what you're not. Um, take advice from whoever wants to give you advice. Don't always follow it. But be open to hearing people's advice because you never know what nugget of truth is going to come out of it. Um, and the last thing is my favorite quote, which is from Great Expectations, and it goes, Pause you who read this and think upon the long chains of flowers or irons that never would have bound you if not for the formation of that first link on that memorable day. Make decisions that will give you flowers in your life. Do not be tied down by making idiotic choices now that are going to hurt you five years down the road. Surround yourself with love and flowers and happiness, and your life will be better for it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Get out there, guys. Be courteously aggressive. See you soon. Bye. Bye.